five, touchdown Wisconsin. The Bucks have done it after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. To win it for the Packers. A dagger. All right, I got I got one for you. I stole this from uh, Grant on his show. What would your feelings be? You wake up tomorrow. You have the notification on your phone. Mark Antanasio has sold the Brewers, and the buyer is Taylor Swift. <laughs> we rich, baby. <laughs> we hit the jackpot. I think I'm honestly I'm happy. I'm probably happy. She rich. We gonna get a lot of attention. She won the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So the sky is the limit. I think I would like that as long as she didn't like move him to Nashville and make him the like Taylors or something. You know what I mean? But other than that, why not? We signed the lease. We're here till 2050. Yeah, fine. Yeah, I don't think there's anything she can do. And with the way I drink, I'm not gonna be alive in 2051. <laughs> so yeah. Let's uh let's get let's start the petition. To have Taylor Swift own the Brewers. I'm signing it. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. And we're back like pitchers and catchers reporting for spring training. It's Thurston 10. We got pitchers and catchers reporting. We have the Bucks signing Danilo Gallinari. We have all sorts of crazy takes about the NFL. But let's start with the big game, the Super Bowl. We got to do a shot because only one of us predicted it correctly. We might have been playing the odds with that one. Oh, but I won. Okay. You think you won? I think I won. I I said the Chiefs would win the Super Bowl, which was one pick. Okay. I think I got five to four correct on the prop pick showdown, and to me, everybody knows. It's quantity over quality. I think I want five to four. You're the math guy. Five greater than four, dog. But you also said Brock Purdy doesn't look like Lee Harvey Oswald, and he clearly does. So that's five to five, in my opinion. But you yourself said they didn't have the same upbringing, you know? So it's just because he can't frown. He can't frown. Agree to disagree. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. Loser. Just like the 49ers. And you can thank me for that, too, because when I pick against the Chiefs, they win. I, I have a, I have an on-fire take, an absolutely on-fuego take about the Super Bowl. And I want you to let me know if I'm out of line. Are you ready? Ready. Patrick Mahomes is the best athlete that we've seen since Michael Jordan. I'm calling it. He is the closest thing to Michael Jordan that we've had in the past 25 years. I think everybody's going to be like, well, what about Brady? And don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to shit on Brady. And he was very good. But Brady was more about he just did everything right. He wasn't going to, like, get you over the hump. Like, Jordan would face impossible odds and still win. That's how I feel when I'm watching Mahomes. Like, Mahomes had no business winning that game. Like, if you look at those rosters, San Francisco, 
was head and shoulders better than Kansas City, except for the quarterback position. Mahomes is the closest thing that we have to Michael Jordan in the past 25 years. He's incredible to watch. Only athletically? Uh, like I'm not talking like like 40 time bench press or whatever. I'm saying if you need an athlete to like you have a gun to your head and you have to pick somebody to win you a game right now. In the past 25 years, in the past 35 years, you're picking either Michael Jordan Kobe or Patrick Bryant. Mahomes. Like I'd pick Kobe, Killer Instinct. Kobe's close, but I think. I, but Jordan I feel like you kind of moved it because you started it with, "Have we've never seen an athlete?" And now you're like, "We've never seen a winner or something." I'm trying to say, like with Michael Jordan, what made Jordan great is you knew when the game was on the line, he was gonna find you a way to win that game. I never felt that about Brady. I didn't feel that about LeBron. Kobe was great. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know if I felt the same way about Kobe that I did about Jordan. And I don't know if I feel the same way about Kobe as I feel about Mahomes. Mahomes is just like, I'm going out there and I'm winning that game. And that's the most impressive thing to me. He's, he's a winner. I mean, he scored 81 and 61 in his last game and won how many championships? I, I think you're kind of silly to not put Kobe on a list like that. So would you put Kobe 1-2-3? Is Mahomes three? I don't know. I feel like you started it with with like a different argument. Because first you started, you were like, it's something about the athleticism. Because I was like, if you're going athleticism only, then like LeBron's probably a better well, right, athlete right, than right. all those guys. Right. I'm saying winners. You still have to put Kobe in there. Okay. So are those the top three, though? The three best winners that we've seen in the last 30 years? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'll give you that. I think, like I said, like watching Mahomes, and it's funny to watch all the people who hate him now, because now it's social media. If anything ever gets too big, we got to cut him down. And I personally hate that. But honestly, if Jordan played right now, if he was just starting his six run, run, six ring run right now, we would hate Michael Jordan right now because that's where we're at as a society. It kind of bums me out that we don't give Mahomes. Maybe Tiger should be in that group too. I actually thought about him, but I figured you were going team sports. Yeah. But I did I did consider Tiger Woods. Yeah, let, let's leave it at team sports. But I just think people right now. Now, if he just... was in live golf, that's a team sport <laughs> his whole, the whole time, you know. Well, he'd have Brooks Kepka and John Rahm and Cameron Smith. I'm sure there's six different Camerons in Liv, but... There might be six Cameron Smiths. I don't know. But I love to watch Mahomes play, and I'm going to love it when Jordan Love beats him in the Super Bowl next year. I Like, I love watching Mahomes for, like, the second half. The first half, like, was not very fun. Like, a bunch of people at my work were like, I fell asleep. I turned it off. I played Call of Duty. The first half was ugly. I tweeted out, it looks like Iowa versus (laughs) Iowa. I like that. I thought that was funny. It did. It was not a pretty first half. The second half more than made up for it, though. The second Mm -hmm. half was great. The Chiefs just had no business winning that game. San Francisco was the better team. Purdy didn't play poorly. I know a lot of people are shitting on Purdy. But he didn't play bad. He never walked off the field while losing in that entire game. If the defense for San Francisco makes one stop, 
at the end of the fourth quarter or in overtime, he's a Super Bowl champion. He did everything that you could ask for, but when you're going against the best of the best, it's just not enough. Did you see what happened with the analytics and the uh, overtime coin flip? No. The 49ers didn't realize that the overtime rules are different in the playoffs. I heard that, that Shanahan didn't tell him. And basically, they thought it was the same as the regular season. So in the regular season, if you score a touchdown on the first possession, the game's over. But in the playoffs, both teams now get the opportunity to get the ball. So it should be like college football. That's how you should play it. If you win the coin flip in college football, you want the other team to get the ball so you know what you have to get or surpass. So if you hold them to a field goal, you know a touchdown wins the game. And you can kind of use that to your advantage. Instead, the 49ers took the ball, and Mahomes had a fourth down in his own half, which if they didn't have to get a field goal at that point, they would have punted. And then he went for it again on fourth down, which if they had the ball for it first, they probably take the points. So Shanahan did kind of lose them that game by not knowing the overtime rules. And a lot of people on the 49ers have said, we didn't know that it was different rules. I mean, I don't know how you can't know that. Like, as the coach, you know, somebody's got to know that and tell everybody. Jim Nance told us, you know I mean? I knew about the rules. I was well briefed. You know, sitting on the couch. So I'm like, I don't know how the hell you can't uh, tell these guys. I think it's funny because that's your best coach in the NFL, right? That's what you said only a few weeks ago. He I wouldn't even tell his players about uh, overtime in the Super Bowl? My I, God, that's a glaring error for me. I would be so happy to be wrong. But we got to beat him. We really got to beat him. I think that makes him not the best right there. It's very Mike McCarthy to me. Like That's a mistake I could see Mike McCarthy making. I can't. How do you get that far? You know what I mean? You make it to the Super Bowl. Like you said, you put you, they were favored in every single game up to that point. It doesn't even tell them about the overtime difference? <laughs> I don't know. And then they fire Steve. You know, then it's Steve Wilkes' fault. But, you know, whatever. He would look really good as an assistant to Jeff Halfley in Green Bay. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So it's never too early to do some preseason power rankings or some preseason who's going to win the Super Bowl. It might be too early. And the (laughs) Packers, according to the talking heads, are very high on both of those lists. So let me me start with the top ten teams according to Fox. Number one, Kansas City. Number two, San Francisco. Number three, Detroit. Number four, the Green Bay Packers. Number five, Baltimore. Six, Bills. Seven, Eagles. Eight, Cowboys. Nine, Browns. Ten, Rams. Now, I will say, I think this list is very heavily skewed towards the NFC because that's what Fox broadcasts. So there might be a little bit of NFC bias on this list. But either way, Packers 4? I, I kind of went, what? You know, Like, I was the shocked emoji, the exploding head emoji when I read that. Is that too high? Is that just right? Like, if we're the three little bears, we're the Bernstein bears, is that too high? Is that too low? Is that just right? I, I think it's a little too high. 
Do you remember a show? Now, this is way back. So if we have some younger listeners, they might not know this one. Do you remember a show called MTV Cribs? Always. Yes. And, and Cribs was like... You know how many times I walk into my house and I like play MTV Cribs just like in my head as a monologue? This is my... And I'm like, this is my living room and this is my TV. Hey, this is my kitchen. This is my dining room. And, and that's, that's pretty much it. No yeah. baller ass shit. And that's what it was. It was like... It was a place where they would do a celebrity. I feel like it was like rappers. You know, you're trying to get like your, you know, your rep up. So your PR guys like, we know how you do cribs. And what a lot of them would do is like this wasn't even their house, right? They would like rent this baller ass house, and they'd rent all these Maybachs, and they'd pay all these bitches to be in the video looking hot. But the thing was, is especially back when you couldn't just Google, is it like is Ja Rule really that fucking rich? You couldn't do that. So everyone just saw Cribs and they assumed, yeah, okay, Jimmy really has a 20-room mansion. And I feel like that's what the Packers did by beating the Cowboys and having the little win streak at the end of the season. They went on Cribs and they fooled everyone into thinking that we like pimping and playing right now. And I don't think we're really number four. Are we top ten maybe? Yeah, I'd say we're, we're, we're in the top ten. But I don't think number four, I think we kind of tricked everybody. I think what's interesting, I do like that analogy for the record, but when you look at a lot of the teams in the top ten, including the Chiefs, including the 49ers, including Buffalo, Philadelphia, Dallas, these are all teams who are good, they're established, but I don't know, and this is obviously before the draft, before free agency, I don't know if they are ascending teams. I don't know if they're going to be better next year than they were this previous year. Especially, you know, a team like San Francisco. A lot of their guys are coming up on contract years. They have Drake Greenlaw, who's probably out for the year. That's going to be a huge miss. There's a lot of things with a lot of teams. I feel like we've seen them at their best. I don't know if we've seen the Green Bay Packers at their best. They are the most high-risk, high-reward team. Now... I've seen other power rankings. Um, I'm not. I think like ESPN had the Packers at six. Maybe that's more your speed. I think the Athletic had them at ten. They're a hard team to place because at the end of the year they did look so good, but they've never put it together for a full season. At least not this group of guys. They're very hard to place with where they're going to be. Yeah, like they could be a top five one week and look like number twenty five. The next week, like this season, you could probably pick two weeks back to back where they were. You know, I mean, exactly that. So I feel like that's why it's so hard for me to say, yeah, they're number four. Have we ever seen them be the fourth best team in the league two weeks consistently? Probably not. And like, you're, you know what I mean? A top five team, maybe like the Cowboys week, but you're like, I don't know. That's maybe like it's the Vikings too. Retrospect. You know what I mean? That's using only hindsight. Would you have said that at the time? Probably not, because you would have been just feeding off of, you know, some of those, what, like the November games, the Giants game and all that. So I'm like, I just need to see more consistency, just like you said, for me to put them top five. And that's going to be the thing. They're probably not going to be a consistent team this year. They're Like, on their best week, they're probably going to be one of the best teams in the league. The other thing that we have to consider, how bad was Joe Barry? 
to me, that's really what it's going to come down to. If Joe Barry was bad and Brian Gutekunst was drafting incredible defensive players this whole time and they were just playing in an archaic, super conservative system, well, you know, at a certain point, like maybe just anybody different will be an upgrade. We'll have to see how that works out too. They also have 11 picks in the draft. I think they're going to do some things. They finally have some money to spend in free agency. I saw Jordan Love hanging out with Antoine Winfield Jr. If they can get him, that's a Super Bowl-type move in my opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a big name free agent like that. They got a little bit of money to spend. They're going to have a little bit more because I'm assuming that they're going to cut Bakhtiari. That is supposed to save $21 million on the cap this year. So they're going to have some money to, to play with. But what about with Jordan Love? Well, that's going to be the big thing is how do they how do they structure that contract? Are they going to front load it? Are they going to try to have as much of a cap hit right away? Are they going to try to put it towards the end? We don't know. We're going to have to see about that one. So Another hot take that we had this week. This is from Mike Greenberg. His list of quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl next. We'll start at number five. So if you've already won a, a Super Bowl, you are disqualified from this list. So this is who is going to win one next. Number five, Justin Herbert. I think that's a, you know, a reasonable person. Number four is surprising. Lamar Jackson. I thought he would be higher on this list. I believe he's MVP. Has he officially won MVP? I don't know anything about when they announce it, but everybody knows he's going to win MVP. If oh, they it. announced it. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, so the reigning MVP. Number three, Joe Burrow. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. Number two, Brock Purdy. And number one, Jordan Love. <laughs> Jordan Love is the next quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Is that is that ridiculous? Yeah, kind of. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I think it's kind of ridiculous, especially, like, according to Greeny, too. Like, when I... According to some, like, Packers fan blog, wouldn't be that surprised. But, like, a national news outlet, I'm, I think I might put, I think just because of the team, Purdy could be number one. And I think I'd maybe even put, I'm surprised they don't have, like, Burrow two and Lamar three. I, like I said, I'm just not that high on our consistency, the Packers' consistency. I had to put them there yet. Because, to me, the, the next quarterback to win the Super Bowl their first Super Bowl, is like, that's a team thing, too. So I'm not saying we can't, but over the Bengals and the Niners and all that, it seems a little early. I'm going to remake this list for how I see it. Give me Burrow 1, Jackson 2, Love 3, Purdy 4, Herbert 5. That's how I see it. I think the 49ers are an aging team. I I think their window is going to be closing at a certain point. Especially after they pay Purdy. Like, they're not going to be able to pay Purdy and everybody else. But they got, they have so much. Like, the Packers are in a good spot because a lot of their older guys, like Bakhtiari and Preston Smith and those types of players, you know, like, they're going to come off the books at the same time that we're trying to pay Jordan Love, where the 49ers are going to have tougher decisions to make with, like, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. Debo, they're going to have much tougher decisions because they have more people in their prime. They're not going to be able to keep them all. So I would actually say, yeah, Burrow, Jackson, Love, Purdy, Herbert. 
if I was putting them most likely to win a Super Bowl. I think it's only a matter of time for Burrow. Like, if he stays healthy, he, he also is the only guy who can say he's beaten Mahomes on the list. Yeah, he's got to stay healthy. That's number one for him. But I certainly hope Mike Greenberg is right. Me too. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I don't really want to talk about the Bucks. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. I don't feel like the Bucks care. And if they don't care, why should I care? And here's the thing. Maybe they're right to not care. Maybe they're right. If you look at the Miami Heat last year, they were thinking they should probably be trying to get into the lottery, seeing that they could get in the Wembenyana sweepstakes. And even during the play-in tournament, we thought they were going to lose to the Bulls last year. We thought that was a thing that might happen. Didn't, but we thought it might. If you look at the Arizona Diamondbacks last year, they were playing some of their worst baseball going into the playoffs. We were playing some of our best baseball. It didn't matter. Some teams can just flip the switch. You look at the Lakers last year, they were the 7C2. They were in the play-in tournament. A lot of people thought they were going to beat Denver in the Western Conference Finals. So maybe the Bucks are right. Maybe none of this matters, and the goal should just be a little bit above 500. C's get degrees. Maybe that's what we're going for. Just get a C, get in the real world, and then show your ambition. Maybe that's what they're going for. I don't know. But they don't look like they care. And was that not what Doc was supposed to help do? Maybe, right? I mean, because we said... But was that last week? We've all had, you know, a bad coach or teacher or whatever, and then people get away with too much. And I think Doc's going to come in and, and lay the hammer down. Is that part? I mean, wouldn't that be part of it? Or does he just know that, you know, I don't know, this doesn't matter? Doc Regular seems to have all the answers matter. when he talks to the media. Oh, well, some guys were here on the court. Some guys were in Cabo. Like, you know, he has all the punchy one-liners with the media. He knows exactly what to say. You know, um, we had some guys here, and we had some guys in Cabo. But it doesn't look like we're any better at certain... Defensively, we do look better. Defensively, we look a lot better (laughs) under Doc. I said today, I was like, we're still losing. Like, we get blown out less, (laughs) but we still lose the game. It's a difference. Like, does it really... It doesn't change the result. We're 3-7 and under Doc. It's not very good. Like... I think I could coach the Bucks with Giannis and Dame to at least a 3-7 and seven record. Like, if you gave me 10 games at the helm, I think I could get it. I could motivate them. See, but I also don't... I would stone cold some beers in front of them. Let them know. Let them know what they're playing with. They're playing with their heart. <laughs> Break some glass. That's right. <laughs> get on the top rope. But I also feel like, to me, it's not... Like, Doc isn't I'm the reason... I'm a tables, ladders, and chairs man myself. Doc isn't the reason that they're 3-7. and seven. You could put any coach there and they would have been 3-7. and seven. Is it Horst? Is the team just bad? I know, some of it in, in, that, in this run, there was games without Giannis, without Dame. Chris is Lieutenant Dan. Well, you ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. Like, for me, they're, like it's, it's easy... To make injuries and stuff like that an excuse. But it's also like, okay, when it's Chris and Damon Giannis, we're not even that great with those guys. Like, we ain't going to be shit without them. So, the 3-7 and seven, to me, like, it, it looks worse than it is. It looks pretty bad, like I said. 
I mean, they did lose to Memphis the other day. They lost to Memphis, who was resting most of their team. Like, we played Memphis's G League team. So we were just resting mentally. Jokes on them, baby. Well, we weren't resting <laughs> physically. Um, the we big t- The big topic on Buck's Twitter, buyer's remorse on Dame? <laughs> did we make a mistake? Yeah. Ooh! We read Buck's Twitter. <laughs> no. I think it's silly to even suggest that. I think, one, it's too early. And two, we just got to enjoy the ride. Like, we're watching two of the top players uh, that we're going to watch, at least in this era, together on the floor. Like, I feel like we can't we can't forget that. I feel like this, like, Bucks fans, we become very spoiled. Like, we have Damon Giannis every night. And we're like, and we're already like, nope, terrible, bad decision. <laughs> like, it, it's too early to say that. He's still one of the top players of this era, one of the top players of all time. Like you said, this is still kind of a a buy a ticket to win the lottery type league. Jimmy Butler last year. We have two, you know, guys that can be a player like that of the caliber. So I think the people that are thinking that are, I mean, you're just spoiled with the Bucks winning all the time. I need this move to work. I need it to work. Do you know how many times over the past 30 years, I've looked at the Packers, and I've looked at the Brewers, and I've wondered why they wouldn't make a move like this. Like, we saw it with the Packers. Like, the Packers could get Randy Moss. Well, we don't know. We don't want to mortgage our future. The Brewers could have got Pete Alonzo. Well, I don't know. We might have given up too many prospects. Like, and all of these times, I'm thinking, just make the move to win the championship and worry about the future later. And when the Dame Lillard move happened, this was my eureka moment. This was my aha moment. My finally, this is it. The Bucks are going to win a championship. They made a move to win now. And maybe they'll suck in a few years because of it. And that's fine. I'm completely okay with it. But I am going to get to, not in real life because I don't get to meet these people. But in my mind, I'm going to get to say aha to the Mark Antanasios of the world, the Ted Thompsons, the, at times, Brian Gutekunst, the David Stearns, the Matt Arnolds, the guys who are afraid to make this type of move. And this was it. This was my moment. And it's not working out. And everything I've believed, everything I've ever stood for, if this doesn't work out, I have to second guess. Maybe it is better to just be really good but never great i don't know maybe it is maybe we should have just been really good for the next five years maybe we should have kept drew maybe we should have kept grayson and if this doesn't work out i have to eat crow and that pisses me off i mean maybe that's your problem maybe it's that just in general everybody's too we're too all or nothing you know like we made the big move and so like you said, it's not working. That doesn't mean it hasn't worked. That doesn't mean it can't work. But we're already going to call it a failure. Like, I don't know. Maybe that that's the fault. So if we make the big move and it doesn't work, that shouldn't stop you from making the move. How many times have teams made the move and it has worked? And I put them over the top and they did win. Like, just because you do it and it doesn't work, that's going to put you in Brewer's mindset forever. And you're never going to get out of that. The gamble? Like, buying the lottery ticket? Might eventually pay off. Just being cheap 
and kicking it down the road isn't going to pay off. So the at least taking the chance is still a chance. Thank you. I needed somebody to say that. <laughs> Talk to you off the ledge there. I was in a dark place. <laughs> Don't you turn into Mark Adonazio on me, bro. No, this is fine. Come on. <laughs> we won 86 games and got a wild card spot and got eliminated right away. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we got a t-shirt. You know? <laughs> oh, the Bucks did make a move this week. Danilo Gallinari. The Italian stallion, baby. We're f***ing back, bro. We're winning the goddamn chip. <laughs> One step at a time. See, there's my thing. No, that's the great thing about this. This is ten steps at a time. That's how good we are now. Wow, how many how many teams does he play for? Oh, a lot. A lot. Who's played for more, him or Pat Bev? Uh, we don't have a research department, bro. So, uh, uh, Danilo, he's been around. He's tall. He's a six foot ten power forward. For his career, Danilo has fifteen point two points, four point seven rebounds, one point nine assists per game. Most recently with the Pistons. Oof. <laughs> with the Pistons this year, he played six games, uh, fifteen minutes, average eight point seven points, fifty four point five percent shooting, fifty eight point three percent from three. A couple rebounds, couple assists. Like I said, that was just six uh, games this season. Good three-point shot. Not really known for his defense, so that was my first kind of thought was that it's not going to help that. I think we wanted a big man. Um, first off, because Bobby's been really bad this year. Bob shows up randomly, and you just hope it's tonight. That's basically how Bob has been. When it comes to Gallinari, though, he's a big man. He can spell Brook occasionally. And he can score. He's not going to clog the paint. A lot of big men, they want the ball in the post. They want to get the ball and, you know, post up, get in the paint, shoot layups. Well, that doesn't really work when you have Giannis on your team. Giannis wants to get the ball at the half-court line, get a whole full head of speed, and get to the rim. You can't have a Greg Monroe-type player with Giannis because he's just gonna bring the other team's center into the paint so that's really all we wanted there's somebody who's gonna space the floor and give you a little bit of points it's fine right like we didn't trade anybody for it we didn't give up any assets or anything for him and if he sucks we don't have to play him in the playoffs so like I, I would categorize the move as it's fine it might knock some threes down We got some fan mail for you. You got mail. This one is from Robin in the Villages. I didn't realize we were such a national brand. What do you think is the problem with the Wisconsin Badgers men basketball team? Fun fact, that's the fewest amount of grammatical errors we've ever had on anybody's fan mail. So (laughs) shout out to Robin. Uh, Normally, we have to edit those live as we read them. What's wrong with the Badgers basketball team? Why don't you go first? I'll go first. The problem is that they're not very talented. Chucky Hepburn hasn't gotten an ounce better since the day he got to Madison. He's the exact same player now that he was as a freshman. Tyler Wall, he tries hard, but that's about the extent of what he does well. Steven Crowell, I think he's very limited athletically. Like, Stephen Crowell looks like 
if I was seven feet tall. He's like, you know, he, he's not uncoordinated per se, but he doesn't wow you athletically at all. He's just very limited in what he can and can't do. AJ Store, nice player, you know, probably going to make it in the NBA. But out of those four, he's the only one who you can say will actually ever make it to the NBA. Max Klesman, I like Klesman. Good player. Good fifth option on your starting five. I don't have any problems with him, but that's what he should be. He should be your fifth option. And the fact of the matter is the Badgers keep bringing back Kral, Wall, and Hepburn, and I feel like they're just clogging up the system. That's how I feel. They should, as soon as they can, they should move on from those guys. Don't let them take any more COVID years. Just move on and try to bring in more talented people, either from high school or from the transfer portal. We have money. Madison has a decent amount of NIL money. At a certain point, you just got to recruit the guys as opposed to recruit and develop. At a certain point, you're working harder, not smarter. Just recruit the good guys who come out of Milwaukee every year. That's the problem with the Badgers. They don't recruit well enough, and they don't move on quickly enough from people who are mediocre. First of all, I think I think Klesman actually has really improved. I thought he only had that, has, yeah. that one shot early in his career, but uh, he's been the guy they kind of rely on for points late in games recently. It's not the talent level of the players or the players that they recruit. It's the type of player and the type of game that they play. The Badgers team that really needed an overhaul in style like is the basketball team. Like we're going to have four centers, you know, pretty much like four power forwards stand around the three-point arc and hit threes and we're going to have one usually it's one Chucky Hepburn or store like slasher type guy and that's it. And I'm like for first of all to go your to your point they need to recruit better, you know, in Milwaukee or you look at guys like his um Halliburton's the one that's from like Oshkosh, right? Oshkosh. But yeah. just in the state is like you need to be more of an attractive brand of basketball that's going to get those guys here. Like, are those guys, unless they're like a Sam Decker, you know what I mean, who's a good, tall shooter, are they going to want to come to Wisconsin? Like, no. If they're a ball handler, if they're a scorer, well, you'd rather go to a place where you're going to get minutes that benefit that kind of player and, you know, whatever else you're on TV, too. Obviously, the Badgers have that. But, you know, 48 to 46, you're going to have the slowest game. You're going to have the five-center shooting. I think that's what's hurting the Badgers is the style. Like, the style isn't working. They need they need modernity. If you go all the way back to J.P. Tokato, you know, he went to UNC. Then you had Kevon Looney. He went to UCLA. Then you had Jordan Poole. He went to Michigan. You had Tyler Hero. He went to Kentucky. I mean, these are all big, sexy programs for basketball. They are, and we cannot. Com- we don't recruit with these guys because of the style that we play. Like, every once in a while, sure, we get a Decker and a Kaminsky, an Ethan Happ, you know, nice player. Those are all big, tall guys. You know, I mean, Happ had the post game, so did Kaminsky, too. But those are all big, tall shooting guys. Like, we can get talented people. They're all just, like, the same position. If Wisconsin's truly going to compete to the level... Like, I know at one point they were ranked 6th this year. They were never the 6th best team. Anybody who watched them play Arizona and watched them play an actual really good team... If the Badgers played Arizona 100 times, 
Arizona would have won 100 times. <laughs> like, they're not that talented of a group. They're probably closer to an NIT team than a Sweet 16 team. I, I mean, what got them to sixth was that, you know, they were able to just maintain consistency for, like, that big chunk, you know, and that's what had them as the sixth best team. I think everyone else just kind of, like, process of elimination made them the sixth best team. Also, when the game is close and the game is on the line, they don't have that guy. Like, it's probably A.J. Store. Mad he, Max. He's probably the best guy. But a lot of times, they're just looking. Like, if it's the final four minutes of a game and it's, you know, 50 to 48, everybody is just like, I don't want the ball. I don't want the ball. Steven Crowell doesn't want the ball. Tyler Wall doesn't want the ball. Hepburn will shoot it, but he'll miss. I don't know. Mad Max Clas- is Clas- Clas- fine, but, like, there's they don't have the guy. And maybe Klesman's the guy, but in the tournament when he's playing top 25 teams and they're playing close games, the other team's probably going to have somebody better than Klesman. Yeah, I mean, I think that goes to the type of player that you need to recruit. So speaking of white guys, we got a funsie for you. <laughs> I was going to say thank you for your family. All right, do you want to say it? Uh, thank you, Robin in the Villages, for the fan mail. Don't forget to send us your fan mail on Twitter at Thurston1069. Or you can text us at 2... Back to white guys. Back to white guys. <laughs> we got a funsy for you. So, I don't know anything about NASCAR. But I know it's the Daytona 500 this week. So let's pick a team. Daytona, are you ready? Drivers, start your engine! We're going to do a $3 DraftKings. If you win, you get $200,000. All right, you you did some research on it. So I'm going to let you pick. I'm going to take Chase Elliott first. It's the only guy I know. All right, all right. So yes, I did. I went... I did some research, and I texted a friend of the show, Jesse in Dranklin. He's he's our our NASCAR expert, in, in meaning that he's the only person that I really know that enjoys NASCAR. So well, we'll see if he's an expert on Monday. <laughs> That's true. That's true. No bullshit though. The Toyotas seem very fast this year, Ooh, but usually it's the Fords. Tyler Reddick. He won last night. That will be. Uh, $7,800. Tyler, Tyler Reddick won Thursday night. They do like, uh, you know, the smaller levels will race early. So he's saying Tyler Reddick won the other night. Maybe that means he's good at this track. It's a super speedway. That means it's a bigger track. That's all I got. Toyotas are fast. It's a super speedway. Tyler Reddick. Martin Truex? He's a Toyota. Cheer. How much? Oh, he's expensive. Uh, 82, so not as expensive as Kyle Larson. Uh, we got three drivers left, and we can average $8,200. Austin Sindrick, I feel like, always does well. All right, all right. He's a Ford. Could be fast. I don't know shit about this either. All right, we can average $8,800. So, let's see here. Because we're we're pretty much limited to guys over $8,000. So, we got Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch, C. Boucher, Will Byron, Bubba Wallace, R. Chastain and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Oh, Ross Chastain, the watermelon man. You you want the watermelon on your team? Uh, I don't know shit about Fudge. 
Well, that leaves us with Joey Logano as the best person available. I'm going to take him. All right, we got Austin Sindrick, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Tyler Reddick, and Martin Truex Jr., Randy Chastain. Is he, is he just very tan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's ride. <laughs> We're going to be rich the next time you listen to us. Next episode will be live from Vegas. And then the one after that, we will be poor again. And then we'll be live from my basement again. <laughs> All right. This has been Thurston 10. That's Marcus. I'm Jimmy. Follow us on X or Twitter if you prefer at Thurston 1069. Like and subscribe wherever you think you can find us, and we might be there. Check it out. Cheers. Peace.